G'day everyone, it's James Davis from the Paxode Academy down here in Asia again, and I've got Stu Applegate from the ConnectWise IT Nation Evolve um, program, and thanks for joining me, Stu. Hey James, great to be here, thank you. Hi everyone, good to see you, if I wish I could see you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you've been around the industry for a long time, um, so I'm very excited to have you, even though you, you don't look like you've been around for too long yet. Um, I just thought I'd get you on. You, you're very well known in the industry and wanted to get you on just to share some wisdom for everyone that's listening around communities and peer groups and just get your vibe on what's going on in the industry as well. So I'm just going to dive in and ask you a question from your personal experience of running a technology business. What was the sort of major um, turning points for you in, in, in your journey to where you are now? Okay. Um, well, firstly, thank you for reminding me that I am old. I do know that. I do acknowledge that, everyone. Uh, that's fine. And it, it has been a long time. I think I've stopped counting now how long I've been in the IT industry in this region. But um, yeah, my story is very typical, I think, to probably a lot of the listeners here of, of MSPs or MSP leaders who sort of, you know, were technical past people and now sort of find themselves maybe as leaders in that MSP business. But Gee, turning points. There's been, actually in reflection, and when you get to my age, I guess you reflect a lot, um, but turning points, when I think right back, I mean, my career started in what I call cloud version one, right? We're all in cloud today. I call today cloud version two, but cloud version one was back then, and then, you know, the PC started to appear, and we started to realize, you know, that um, a whole industry built up, and before they were obviously MSPs, it was that whole transition to break fix and the MSP model, which is something in my MSP um, that I had, that I had to live through and learn through, um, which obviously doesn't happen today. But I think my story happened seriously when I had that MSP and a turning point was, let's call it cloud version two or cloud as we know it today, came along and I started to look at that and go, okay, is this something I want to compete with? Is this something that my MSP business today can can adopt? Um, obviously, I probably was wrong because yes, it can, and everybody has successfully, which is awesome to see. But that's an example of a turning point um, that happened. And I think, like now, where I feel like we're in another one now, right? Which is the, the whole security thing, um, and that's like another turning point where a lot of people are saying, "How do I?" You know, adapt my business if it's an MSP today. Do I want to make it look like an MSSP? You know, do I want to take that on? And that's a whole turning point. And I think there's probably more down the track. You know, if we start to think and talk about. It, I'm pretty sure we're not going to go down that path because it's definitely not my experience. But AI might be another one. You know, for example. Um, so yeah, I think if I reflect back, it's that whole transition from break fix to MSP. And I think that's an important point. Is that the MSP business model has been around a long time now, you know. Um, there's guys like me who had to live through it, but there's guys probably like you guys out there today now who are, you know, perhaps just getting started or, you know, or, or sort of in that mid phase of your journey and you're sort of saying, what does a good MSP look like? You know, and there's plenty, there's a ton of experience out there in that good MSP. So. Like you said, we're going through a turning point at the moment. Cybersecurity is one. AI is going to be another one. There's the whole shift in support support needs, and more, it's becoming more enablement. And using your sort of experience from that break fix to MSP side, 
you had to pivot your business model. So when you were when you're going through that and looking at it, how how did you how did you go through that process? What were you looking at? How did you get help? Yeah, that's an interesting point because for a long time there, you sat there like you would sit and think about things and going, what are my customers telling me? What am I thinking? What am I going to do next? How are they you know what are they asking for? And I think a lot of the time they didn't even know, but how was I, how was I going to do that? And I was lucky that I landed in a lot of community related things. You know, I got um, involved as a Microsoft MVP, you know, which opened up me to a community and to user groups and things like that, where I started to rub shoulders and network and talk to other like-minded people, right? And you started to get some perspective of the things that, you know, what they were doing, what they're having success with. And I think I used to also started to travel a little bit and make a bit of effort to go to events. I don't think in the early days I did a very good job of going to events. I think I was very typical of someone who went to an event, you know, like a conference or something around my industry. And I go and I would hear a dozen awesome things. I hear, you know, and I would go away and say, yeah, I'm going to do all 12 of those dozen things, right? And I ended up doing nothing. I ended up doing nothing with those 12. And I had to learn the hard way. I said, if I'm going to go and invest the time, you know, I need to go away and at least do one of those things. So I guess I started to invest in listening to other people um, and seeing what they were doing. And that community allowed me to go and do that and make, and make some decisions, you know. Um, and ultimately for me, I ended up in a peer group, right? Um, for me, which was, um, that was a real changing. And if you talk about pivotal moments, that was really, really interesting for me. The, the years that I spent in a peer group, because how I went into a peer group and what my, where my mind or as in ConnectWise and, and in, in Evolve, what we call it today, um, my, my, my mode was completely different to what I went into a peer group to how I came out um, because of the perspective I got, you know, and one of those, those turning points. So, yeah, it was so really interesting. What, what got you to join a peer group in the first place? Because that's obviously very different from a community and going to conventions, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is totally differently. It's a, it's a, it's a far deeper, you know, relationship part, a peer group. Um, and, you know, we can talk more about that. You know, I'd love to talk about that peer group thing. But I guess what made me, I mean, I resisted peer groups for a really long time. Um, I had lots of, you know, friends and, you know, in the industry, you know, peers that I'd sort of known and who said, oh, we joined this peer group thing. It's great. You should come along. And at that point, I was doing all these other different things, you know, events and community stuff. You know, I was involved in other things. I said, I just don't have any more bandwidth left to do it. So I sort of resisted as a very typical, and I still hear that today. I said, I kept saying to myself a little voice saying, you know, there's things I've got to do in my business. I know I've got to do to improve it, to fix it, to change it, you know, whatever it might be. So I said, when I've got all those things sorted, then I'll come to the peer group, you know, which is exactly now just like, you know, what hindsight, the beautiful thing, right? Stupid. Uh, I should have joined the peer group and I would have solved those things faster because uh, I would have got, you know, all these people around me saying, hey, yeah, we did that. And don't do it again, you know, and we'll do it this, we did it this way, and etc. So... Yeah, I think that was um, me coming into a peer group. Eventually, you know, friends dragged me in, um, and through the relationship with ConnectWise, it, it, you know, it was close, so they got me dragged into it as well. So it was a really important, you know, in hindsight now and reflection, it was a really important phase for me because it helped me change my mode, right? And I worked mm. out that you know what I was, 
doing and saying was completely different to really what my heart and soul wanted. So. And so with that success, once you've joined a peer group, like the resistance, I hear the same thing that I think we probably have a big stigma in Australia around the term peer groups. Um, yeah. I, do, do you see that still? Yeah, there's still an element of people who think it's a, it's this unknown space. I think, think what do you guys do behind closed doors? You know, what is this a you know, is this a do you all hold hands and stand in a circle and you know I don't know what what do you do you know and and absolutely it's nothing like that at all. I think that stigma is is diminishing um, definitely over time. But I mean, really, at the end of the day, a peer group is about like-minded people being together, right? And sharing and I. I coin it the whole, and this is what everything we do is in when we network, right? Or when we go to, you know, whenever we go and talk to someone, it's a game of snakes and ladders, I call it, right? This is one of my weird analogies, right? Everybody's built a ladder somewhere in their business or their life, and uh, they successfully climbed up, right? And moved forward. And every now and then you step on a snake and you go backwards. The idea of a peer group is to learn both of those things. You want to know about both. You know, you want to know someone who's built a ladder. You know, and you can say you can take that blueprint and change it, tweak it a bit, and use it. Um, but you also want to know about how to avoid the snakes, and that's an awful lot of what a peer group allows you to do. I mean, when you get, and I also call it. Um, I told you they're going to use weird analogies. Um, it's a butcher, baker, and candlestick maker problem. I mean. A lot of people out there, I'm sure, I mean, people who join the peer groups today for Evolve, um, those who join it today are all, you know, MSP or we call them TSP focused people, but a lot of them have tried something else. They've tried some other form of community or network or group or something, right? There's a whole bunch and we, we could talk for hours about that, I'm sure. But they've tried something else, but it's a butcher baker and candlestick maker. It's just diverse. They're all businesses, they're all leaders, that sort of thing. When they end up in a peer group that's flavored towards an industry, yeah, the, the, the conversation becomes so well aligned, you know, everyone comes away with a great deal of value. So it really helped me. So. And what you said there with the, the, the uh, ladders and the snakes and ladders analogy, I think that's a very it's a very good point because I guess when you're going to the communities and you're going to that sort of um, convention type stuff, you, you, you're only really hearing about the ladders. It's very rare that anyone's going to show any form of vulnerability, yeah. whereas in a peer group, it's vulnerability first, and the people that are just big noting themselves get found out very quickly. Yeah, so Matt, that, Matt, you you've led one of our peer groups. You know that you know, and it's like we we coin it accountability, right? You know. In a peer group world, you get to define your own your own journey, your own sort of strategy. You know, no one's going to dictate to you. Um, it comes back a little bit to what we said before about the whole MSP business model. It's been around a long time now. There's lots of people who've successfully built an MSP, you know, and exited it an MSP. So the blueprint is out there. Um, you get to see that, decide what pieces you want to use and build out your own journey. So, and that, that's what a peer group's there to help you with, to say that's what you said you wanted to do, right? As a person, as an individual, as a leader. Um, and now we're gonna help you get there and hold you accountable to some of the decisions and goals and things that you set, right? And that's, that's simply what it is um, in a peer group. It, it helps each other 
accountability, right? You said that was important and why are you going down that path? It's just sort of checks and balances type of stuff. What sort of what sort of things are usually covered off in a peer group? Like if we're lifting the veil, we're opening the door, we're not just, like you said, we're not just holding hands and yeah. singing. Kumbaya <laughs> around a circle, around a fire. Yeah, no, it's not that at all. Um, um, there's a lot of things. I mean, like peer groups have matured so much, right? I, I mean... Like I can only talk to Evolve, but I mean, it's 23 years old now, right? And um, and how it was born was quite an interesting story. I'm sure a story for me for another day, but it's 23 years old of MSP experience. Um, and now today it's matured to the point where basically all we used to do is we used to financially benchmark. So you wanted to know how you performed as a business, right? And how you stacked up against not just the peers sitting around you, around also what we would call best in class as MSPs, both in a peer group and out of a peer group. So you want to know where you stood, where was, where were the red lights and where were the green lights in terms of the numbers so that you could make decisions on which levers to pull and make decisions on where in the parts of the business that you needed to improve, if that's what you wanted to do. Um, so financial benchmarking was a very early thing and so was planning, a, a pl having a plan, and we call it the four plans, but having a plan about where you want to get to um, you know, what your desired end game looks like. That's really important. Um, we call it legacy uh, and working backwards from that. So ultimately saying, well, this business has to drive towards my legacy and then ultimately my life. So we help with planning and structure around that. Um, and that helps coming back to that point of accountability. It helps your peers say, well, this is what you said was important to your legacy, to your life. You wanted to be a leader that looked like this and you wanted a business that looked like this, right? So having that as a plan, um, which we look at and review regularly was important. And I think probably, I mean, the whole bunch of other tools I talked about mode, knowing what mode or mindset you were in and also your leaders around you were in, you know, Evolve helps you with some of that stuff. And actually I should tell your listeners, you know, you can go and look at your own mode for free on the ConnectWise, you know, connectwise.com forward slash modes Go and have a look and try it because it's what really helped me in my MSP is that I went in with one mode and came out completely different because the peer group gave me that chance. Um, and I realized I was directly in conflict. My head um, was directly in conflict to my heart and my gut, if you like. So um, mm -hmm. I encourage you to go and look at modes. So we find out what mode you're in, where you want to get to, how you're performing. And then last thing, uh, peer groups, we now have a, because the MSP model's been around so long, and, and there's all these successful MSPs around the world who said, you know, if you form your business in this way, right, if you apply these principles of how you sell or what you provide, you know, what the stack is, what the client looks like, all these different traits, we call them, there's like over 40 traits, we have all that documented to achieve what looks like a best-in-class financially performing MSP business. Um, and we have a tool that does that in the peer groups now. So that becomes a really good tool to help MSPs um, say, all right, I've assessed and I'm strong over here, but I'm weak here. And therefore this you know, blueprint can say, all right, well, these are the things that you need to focus on and work on. You know, um, So there's all that 23 years of MSP experience to tap into. And, that, and it's all around you in the room, you know, um, in a peer group. Um, I, I always like to say when you put 10 MSP like-minded people together in a room and you ask to share and you're sharing those experiences like the snakes and ladders, you know, the good and the bad. Um, when you share 
in that room your one good or bad experience, you get nine back from everybody else in the room, right? For your investment of one, it's a pretty good return. And that's, that's just a fundamental part of that sharing, and we call it being a good go-giver. Um, and that's a part of what a lot of people are afraid of to go into a peer group, and I encourage you, don't be afraid. Don't be, and don't even be afraid, you mentioned it before, JD, about being at an event, and people tend to only talk about the good stuff, the ladders, right? I encourage you to be at an event and talk about the snakes. Talk about, hey, I've got a problem here. Hey, I don't know where to go with security. I just don't even know where to start, you know? Um, talk to people about that because people love talking about their ladders. When you say, you know, I've got a, I'm stuck or something, people love telling you about their ladders. So I think you actually get probably more value if you do that the opposite way to the others instead of running around, you know. I 100% agree with that. Like, I'm fortunate, obviously, when I'm going to events that I'm usually presenting or something and people will come up and talk to me about their challenges. There's so much value in talking to your peers about what your challenges are and there's enough opportunity out there for all of us. Like, if there's only, like, 8,000 MSPs at most between Australia and New Zealand, it's huge. The big economies, there's lots of clients. We're not really in competition the majority of the time that openness and sharing you get so much perspective and difference absolutely that whole competition thing that's still today you know after so many years of being involved with peer groups and msps it still today amazes me how many i mean i've started peer groups with three msp ceos from three different companies in the same group on the same day and when we realized all of that happened right at the same time we said to these three guys, you guys better go and have a cup of coffee together just before we put you in a room and start sharing snakes and ladders, right? Um, just to make sure everyone's comfortable. And they said, sure. And what they didn't realize is when they walked out the front door of their office, they could all see each other. They all basically were in the same street. And uh, we did, but they were different. They're all MSPs, that's right. That's how they identified themselves as MSPs. Different industries, different size. There's a whole bunch of variety, right, in this space. Um, so they realize, and you know, we've still got peer groups today with direct major vertical competitors who are in the same peer group together. And it's like, I guess, I guess you could say, keep your enemies. They don't look like enemies. They don't act like enemies. Um, they actually have been able to navigate their two MSP businesses far better. Instead of trying to sail the same course, here comes another analogy, it's a sailing one. Instead of trying to sail the same course, right, together, one of them can take a different tack, you know? They might be still be ending up on the same um, destination, but you know, or at least sailing on the same course. But uh, they can be take different tacks because they know how the other the other one the other skipper is going. So it can work really well. well. We've spoken about vulnerability and being that sort of go giver. What else do you need if you're going looking at peer groups and starting to join one? What what do you need to do to make it successful? Um, I think you need to invest. It's not a lot of time um, in, in the scheme of things, but I think you need to invest in the commitment of your own destination, right? It's really hard for your peers to be able to help and guide you and, and give you support um, if you don't know where you're trying to get to, right? So if you're looking to be, and I'll use some of the modes terminology, uh, and if you guys go and do the modes assessment, you'll understand this, but if you're trying to be an empire, if you're trying to be an empire builder, right, trying to build this empire, 
and today you're a startup. People need to know that because that's there's a big you know you've got a long journey ahead of you to get to that what you want to achieve, what the differences of those things look like. And for me, um, it was really important in the peer group because like using my example was. I started in, I said, yeah, I want to be a value builder. I want to build this thing to be some value. I never wanted to be a Microsoft type size, obviously, but I said, I want to build some value out of it. But in reality, my peers around me helped me get some perspective that I really, what I wanted was balance. And my was, because all of the decisions I was making with my leadership team and all of the decisions that came out of my mouth and that were you know, formulated my brain or the 12 things that I heard at an event and the one I was going to do, you know, all those things that were happening were about being a value builder. So that's the instructions and I was giving to my team and the organization around me. But in my heart and in my gut, it wanted to be a balance builder. I wanted that time with my family and my children, and my wife, and, and we did do that. But I was never, pre I was physically present, but never fully emotionally present. So I had this real conflict going on between being wanting to be value builder versus wanting to be a balance builder. And um, until I got clarity about where I wanted to get to, it, you know, and that's what the planning and that structure and my peers around me helped me with. They said, you know, why are you deciding to do those things? Because that's com completely contradicting where you said you wanted to get to. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I think that's the important thing is know where you want to get to. Um, and then with that, you know, and provide the effort to go to do that. Once you have that, it's like your own personal blueprint, right? Because I see, JD, I see, I mean, you've seen a lot of this too. We've talked about this, right? Um, a lot of, and this is not a true science of mine, right? This is just Stu's weird way of measuring. But a lot of MSP leaders I talk to, um, it's around about the 20-year mark where they're traditionally, you know, they've, started an MSP, right? We see this, they, yep. they've had, they were a technician. They said, no, I want to be, and they wake up one day and all of a sudden they're, a, they're an owner of an IT company. They have all these mouths to feed and responsibilities and decisions to make and these pivotal times, you know, in front of them. And then they sort of go, hmm. And they, a lot of them don't even know, they question their mojo. And I call it the mojo, it runs out, right? They run out of mojo and they start going, am I still in love with this? I'm not, I'm not on the tools anymore. I'm not technical, you know, we're, and I've got this pivotal moment in front of me, what am I going to, how am I going to navigate it? Um, a lot of them start to question that. It's, and I, it's around about the 20 year mark. And it's a, it was about 18 years for me and regularly. So peer groups can really help with that mojo as well. Um, help people either re-energize it or make some decisions on where they want to get to. What does the end look like? And then they go, okay, well, I'm either almost there or I, I know what I've got to do now. You know, I know what the gap looks like get there so it's yeah. a very interesting point on the mojo side um i am having a lot of conversations with people out there that have been doing this a long time and whether they know it or not they've run out of mojo and i'm, I'm interested from your perspective is how many are you seeing getting reinvigorated compared to ones that have deci decided more deliberately well now i've actually got to focus on selling compared to ones that are just floating about completely lost and not doing anything about about it. Yeah. What, what, what are your, what's your experiences? I thought, I think about this a lot and I think, um, I think what the most important thing for, you know, MSP sort of leaders to do is to build a leadership team around them. That actually can help a lot with the mojo because then they don't feel like it's all on them. You've got to empower people around you to take on 
for some of that load. And at some point, you know, there's nothing wrong. There are some business owners who find a way to build a leadership team around them and they can offload the parts that they don't like. And it's not a dump and run. That's a really, I'm gonna be really careful. I've seen a lot of that go wrong and you have too, right? It can't be a dump and run, but you know, if you build a good solid leadership team and they're all on, they know where you're trying to get to, like what mode you're in, what that, what your journey or pathway, you know, your destination looks like, and they're part of that, then it allows those leaders to start to turn their focus on the things that they're passionate about. I mean, in the peer group world, it, it still doesn't surprise me. Um, we have peer groups. Some of the groups are incredibly well-performing MSPs. We're, I'm talking bottom line EBITDA is like way off best in class. I mean, I'll, I'll give you, can I give some numbers? Is that okay? Can I share yeah, some stats? Yeah, go for it. I mean, year on year for 20 plus years, when we were measuring financially every quarter for 20 years in the peer group program, best in class EBITDA, bottom line, right, is 18%. That's that's the average. It hasn't changed much. You run a good MSP, if you're getting 18% consistently, not peaks and troughs, but consistently 18%. Um, there's guys in the peer group program are well over 30%, right? Now, generally there's small, slightly smaller MSPs, um, but they're running these really efficient businesses. So all of a sudden they're starting to question themselves. And this is a part of that mojo thing is starting to say, geez, am I, am I still in love with this or, you know, it's, or I'm bored with it because it's nothing else for me to do. I've got this well-oiled machine, right? And we coined them we, unfairly. We coined them lifestyle businesses because they had this beautiful running MSP and MSP is not an easy business to run. I don't know whether, you know, there's a lot of people out there been involved in different businesses, but it's not an easy, not the easiest business model in the world to run, right? Um, so they sort of got this well-oiled machine and they're going, it's churning out, you know, um, income and cash for them. And they're going, well, what am I gonna do now? And they start to look at that. And a peer group can actually really help with that, you know? So they start to look at other things outside that MSP. And that's that, it becomes a, a chance for them to explore their entrepreneurial spirit, you know, and DNA, and that's mm. important to them. Others say, no, no, I just want to go and build a block of flats. That's what I want to do. Or I want to go and fly a plane or I want to, I don't know, whatever they want to do, you know. Um, it gives them the freedom to do that. So, and, you know, that's, that's a good thing, I think. But getting leaders around them to be able to get to that point is really important, I think. Well, you think about the opening the door on the, uh, on the peer groups. What sort of, we've spoken a bit about the, you know, the sort of financial benefits there if you jump on the, jump on it and execute and see like-minded people and learn, whether it's growth or whether it is the more deliberate lifestyle businesses. What are, what are other outcomes have you seen? Like what sort of, what are some sort of standout things that you've seen happen in a peer group, the light bulb moments, the, the life-changing events that come out? Yeah. What are some examples of that? Yeah, there's, there's lots. There is lots over the years. Um, some that come to mind, like one that comes to mind, it's, when an owner of a business joins and that whole, it's like he's really flat, it's like he's working 60, 70 hours a week just to keep the lights on in the business, you know, and he's dealing with all, putting out fires constantly, you know, in all directions and all, both internally and externally to the business. And it's just, it's just a whole various levels of chaos for them to then turn around because they get perspective of how other people are running their businesses and they make some changes. And for them to turn around and, you know, stories like, 
hey, Stu, we've managed to buy our dream house. We like we were renting basically before, we, you know, and now we bought our dream property and we know exactly the day when we're going to exit this thing and we know exactly what the number is going to be, you know. They've got real clarity. Um, it's amazing. It's like I call it sleep therapy to, to owners, you know, CEOs and MDs of, of MSPs. It's sleep therapy for them. But there are so many life-changing stories where because the you got to remember the business, this MSP business is... Is, is the life and soul of these entrepreneurs, of you guys, right? You know, it, it's absolutely critical to where you're going, you know? It's it's funding everything for for your life and your families, you know, um, and where you want to get to. It's a really important piece. So it's incredibly stressful um, if you don't get it right. But yeah, there's been so many different stories about a success where people achieved the goals of what they wanted to. Um, just because they got they managed to solve the problems and that's that's why because um, we financially benchmark in the peer group program and we have for a long time uh, we know what and we financially benchmark MSPs who aren't in a peer group program uh, I think the latest stat I think it's like 16% grow faster in a peer group program and it's simply because they're growing 16% faster in a peer group than they are if they weren't in a peer group simply because of the snakes and ladders they're not stepping on snakes, right? And they're, they're seeing what a ladder looks like and they go, oh, yeah, I can build that ladder, no worries. I didn't even think of it, you know? But I can, I can build a ladder like that, no problem. So, and I think that makes such a huge difference to people's lives. And the lives is one of those four plans that we, we want to, you know, to be successful. So we've spoken a lot about what is a peer group, how to be successful, what isn't a peer group? What don't peer groups actually do for you? That's a good question. I don't even know whether I've probably ever thought about what we don't do. We do a lot, not indirectly. What it doesn't do, I don't think it's, it doesn't automatically just, it doesn't automatically just overnight raise your acumen. You know, you have to, you know, you have to raise, you have to do some effort into some of those things um, to understand what the tools that you're using, you know, in a peer group, I think a little bit. Um, gosh, what doesn't do? It does so much, uh, and it doesn't mean help me so much. I think it doesn't. It's not, it's a long play. I think you need to consider a peer group. I mean, there are people in the peer group today who have been in our like we've been running the peer groups here in this region. I think it's thirteen years this year, um, and it's been running twenty three globally, right? Um, it's thirteen years in this in the ANZ region. Um, there are still people today that are in that peer group have been since day one, um, so. And they've they've grown, you know. Obviously, everything's changed, and they're still growing constantly, trying to get to you know where they're defined. And they're constantly their plans are changing, right? It's, it's a pivotal thing. But there's not too much I don't think it doesn't do for you. But it's, it's you know, what are your thoughts? I, I think one of the big things, and um, having been involved in the peer groups, and then obviously I do the coaching for a long time, is it's not very specific advice to your very specific circumstances. So. It's great at building that community, having the support network, getting all these general ideas and overall accountability, but it's not the same as having a coach that's holding you accountable day after day after day to actually go and execute it and work out the details for your business. That's, that's pretty. You were, yep, you're dead right. I do. Let's use some examples. I mean, obviously, you know, Pax8 Academy, there's a lot of people in, in the peer group, in the Evolve peer group program that use Pax8 Academy because it helps them, a coach helps them, 
they conceptually in the peer group see what good looks like, right, through others, businesses, through all those different tools. They then need, some people just need their, because their acumen's not quite there, to self start, and they need that extra sort of coach alongside them. Um, I guess it's like an elite athlete, right? At some point, they, mm. they need a coach to coach them through, and at some point, they can self be a self-starter at, at some level. Um, I mean, I think about like even EOS, right? Let's talk about traction and EOS, That right? That's really popular in the peer group. They all use that as how to get a leadership team, and back to that leadership team, a lot of people in Evolve use that framework to get the leadership team all talking on the same page together, right? Absolutely critical. And there are, the, and that's you could almost that's a facilitated type coaching type, you know, structure and with a consistent rhythm to it. So there are extra things. So you're right. There are some things that probably it's probably execution a peer group doesn't give you. It tells you and lets you see visibly, but it doesn't help you perfectly execute. That's up to you and or other external influences to help you with that a little bit. Yeah, so good point. And, and I'll put some numbers to it, like using, like like you said, we've got people in the Evolve program and I'm coaching them. You mentioned the you know, the mm. average peer group member grows 16% faster. The ones that engage with peer groups and coaching are doing like 30, 40% faster because mm-hmm. they're investing in it a lot more. So yeah. like you said, these things are different and you get different results and you're getting different outcomes and the ones that are really performing well whether they get it through evolve or us doesn't really matter are the ones that are doing that sort of three legs of a stool concept that they're getting strategic facilitation they're getting operational and subject matter expertise help and then they're involved in some form of peer group community whatever you want to call it yeah i agree um it's really important to they're they're investing in themselves and therefore getting there that getting that that growth as in when, when we talk about growth we're not just talking about financial growth we're talking about operational performance growth you know or strategy growth or even a leadership team growth you know i mean in the peer groups we have peer groups flavored for not just the ceos but we have them for you know service people and sales people and now we have security people and we have coo type people we have an MA peer groups you know so um, you know, it, there's different flavors, but they all form part of a leadership team. Um, but yeah, you do have that. There are those who are willing to invest. I think I would also say that peer group people in general are a little bit more proactive, those MSPs who join peer groups, and then also do a Pax8 Academy, you know, um, consulting piece, or they go out and get um, like an EOS framework, as we talked about, or something like that. They just naturally more proactive people and then they're the sorts of people who go to these events and talk to others and share their snakes and ladders and then they learn something and they bring it back and go okay i learned you know the dozen i'm gonna i'm gonna do one um they're more proactive people in our msp world um community and therefore they're just solving things faster so just think naturally i think whether it's a peer group that's something like that just brings it out in them you know they go yeah this was good you know I think that's a really good point of being deliberately proactive. If we circle back to where you, we sort of started this conversation about you reluct, like reluctantly joining the peer group, but you started mm-hmm. proactively going to these community events, the people that aren't proactively going to these kinds of things, you're missing out on so much information, so many networking opportunities. It's, it's, it is a way to springboard your business more than before, ever before. Yeah, there's a simple story. We start when you join a peer group, and that's called the go-giver, right? You've read the book, I've read the book. It's a 
short story, but it's simply about um, walk up to somebody, share an experience, um, and then people will share back with you. You know, that's that sort of thing. Mm. So um, people love talking about their own experiences. So um, yeah, it's it works. Trust me, it works. We've covered so much today. What what would you what would you like to wrap up with? What would you want people that have sat through both of us talking, have gotten to the end? What do you want them to be thinking about and and doing from this conversation? I think the best piece of advice I can give to anyone is think about where do you want to get to, right? What does potentially your end game look like, right? What's important to you? Um, to help you identify and say, well, where, where should I now invest? You know, and how far am I long, along on that, you know? Um, every, we all have an end game, right? Whether it's life and the business does too, think about how you would like to eventually get out of that. Don't just live and walk every day, one step in front of you and glancing back out the back all the time, you know? Look forward and look forward into the distance and say, that's uh, where I'm trying to get to. Um, and then... Um, Go out and, and, and seek others and say, you know, what are you trying to achieve? You know, where are you trying to get to and, and get that comparison? So whether it's a peer group or a coach or a, whatever it is, or just an event where you go and talk to other people, but start to think about where you want to get to, what the end looks like. I, I think that's an awesome bit of wisdom uh, to leave everyone off on. And ho- hopefully they take that. Uh, it's revolutionary when you do look ahead and, and sort of clarify where you're heading. It's, decisions are easier. You um, you feel a lot better because you're heading the where you actually want to go. Um, just you can so measure. Much, you can oh, yeah, yeah. You can measure the. You can measure results, right? You can say I'm making forward progress, right? Because I'm getting closer to that goal. So yeah, that's my my suggestion is you know peer groups or those sorts of things aren't right for you. At least work out where you want to get to and um, plan that and, and work towards it. Have that sort of forward thinking. Thank you so much for joining me today, Stu. It's been a pleasure. As um, usual, it is always to... a pleasure for me too. Thank you. Well, Hopefully I'm we sure we'll have you... helped everybody. Yeah. I, I hope so. I, and I think we did. And so I, I, no doubt I'll get you back on the future to share some more more wisdom. Um, maybe the listeners everyone. will comment and tell us maybe we touched on something and we didn't go deep enough and they'll tell us and that's what will be our future topics. How's that sound? that's clever so this is this is why you're you're older and wiser so thanks <laughs> tell me what i need me to say my pleasure <laughs> see everyone <laughs>